This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the August 25th, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitter. California may pass a state constitutional amendment to protect abortion rights. Okay. Are they worried that their liberal legislature would limit abortions? Moving on. I'm reading that one reason that the Biden administration is canceling some student debt is that it may have been due to the huge amount of political donations that Democrats disproportionately receive from higher education type donors. Duh. I'm going to tackle this from a big picture standpoint. I am a small government guy. One reason is when government makes up too much of the economy, then of course there will be more fraud and abuse or just everyday attempts at influence. Per Wikipedia, the governments of France, Belgium, Norway, Australia, Italy, Finland, and Denmark spend between 55% and 61% as a percentage of the country's GDP. I was disappointed to see the United States is at 46%. When almost half of the money spent is going through the government, of course there will be attempts to influence how the government spends the money. Former Clinton Labor Secretary Robert Reich tweeted, quote, Just wondering if DeSantis is now officially a synonym for fascist, end quote. A former top figure in the Democratic Party is suggesting a democratically elected government who via the legislature passed what many think are common sense bills is a fascist. I think fascist is one of those words that has become less descriptive and more adjective. If your working definition of the word fascist is asshole, then yes, Democrats probably feel DeSantis is a fascist because they think he's an asshole. But it sounds more sophisticated to say fascist. They should feel that DeSantis is an asshole because DeSantis is one of the few to stand up to their batshit crazy ideas in a thoughtful and forceful way. Chris Steyerwalt was the political ed editor for Fox News who led the decision desk in the 2020 election. He and his crew called Arizona early for Biden, and many Republicans were upset. Not me. Shortly thereafter, he was let go in what Fox said was a restructuring, but he says was payback for that call. While Steyerwalt led the team, Fox News says the employee who made the call is still employed by Fox. I like Chris Steyerwalt. Funny, pithy, smart as hell. The advanced reviews of the book are reportedly very negative about Fox and paints Fox as more interested in money than with the news. I assume the gobbledygook media is giddy over the chance to get Fox. I linked to a Guardian article, so at least it's from outside of our country. I have enough confidence in Steyerwalt to feel some of his complaints are accurate and the umbrage that follows will be deserved. Honestly, I'm weak on the word umbrage, but I think it fits. Metaphorically, I would suggest that MSNBC, CNN, PBS, etc. be careful. They may think they are conducting a classic firing squad with the shooters lined up in a straight line. This seems more like a circular firing squad. Going back to Chris Steyerwalt's book, let's focus on the title. Broken News, Why the Media Rage Machines Divide America and How to Fight Back. Does that title suggest his criticisms are only focused on Fox? Further, is the pursuit of ratings and money limited to Fox? In economics, we talk about demand side and supply side. One comment I heard from Steyerwalt is that we have a demand side problem. 
The media is giving the consumer what the consumer wants. If they did not, few would watch it. Billboards in California warn against moving to Texas, citing the Uvalde school shooting. While the billboard speaks to a school shooting, I looked up homicides by state per 100,000, so I could compare Texas and California. Shoot 'em up Texas was right at the national average of 5.0. Kind, gentle, and restrictive California was a wee bit lower at 4.6. Missouri, the state where I live, receives the silver medal for homicides at 9.8 per 100,000. Oops, wish I did not know that. Trump. Damn, I'm going to talk about Trump again. I find my thoughts are less about the man Trump, but more for the lightning rod that he is. The best way I can attempt to explain this is to mention something that Ben Shapiro has said several times. Something like, if you look at the American body politic and hate what you see, don't blame Trump. He was not the murderer. He was the coroner. I think there is a lot of truth in that. Trump's still an asshole, though. Election denier is a phrase that is getting tossed around frequently now. Democrats are doing a good job of using the phrase and of owning the phrase. They probably have some good marketing folks working for them. In this case, I think they are at least using the term in a way that adheres to its linguistic roots. Election denier means denying the results of the election. Note, I'm not in that group relative to 2020. Nor was I a denier of the 2016 election, but Hillary was. I could go on. Larry Elder, I assume, is a true homer for a Republican, so take this with a grain of salt. But in the link Daily Signal commentary, he says, quote, Nevertheless, a 2018 YouGov poll found 66% of Democrats believe that Russia changed vote tallies to elect Trump in 2016. A 2018 Gallup poll found 78% of Democrats believe that Russian interference in 2016, quote, changed the outcome of the election, end quote, in favor of Trump, end quote. Let me repeat that slowly, quote, Nevertheless, a 2018 YouGov poll found 66% of Democrats believe that Russia changed vote tallies to elect Trump in 2016. A 2018 Gallup poll found 78% of Democrats believe that Russian interference in 2016 changed the outcome of the election in favor of Trump. End quote. He also cites experts who say those were not factually true. He says those numbers are similar to numbers for Republicans feeling the 2020 election was stolen. Mr. Elder also cites a litany of Democrats who denied election results, though he leaves out Hillary Clinton telling Joe Biden to fight election results if they went against him. Do Republicans have an election-denying problem, or is it a bipartisan problem? Did Trump just use a bigger election-denying trumpet? What got me on this is the linked essay by Jonathan Turley titled, quote, Reclaim America from Constitutionalism, Law Professors Now Call to Pack the States Rather Than Pack the Court, end quote. Basically, the suggestion is with a liberal majority in each house and with a liberal president, they can add numerous tiny states carved from liberal areas to guarantee a forever Democratic majority. Note the Electoral College will be pretty popular then amongst Democrats. I think you can dismiss the above as ridiculous, and I normally would. 
but we have moved from the back and forth of most of my lifetime where we were politically bowling with gutter guards. Dem had, Dems had a president for eight years and then Republicans did, unless either really screwed the pooch. The Senate changed parties, the House not so much, but there were a lot of conservative Democrats so it did not matter so much. The gutter guards are now off and when one side gets control, they want to cement the control. The Constitution protects against that, but only if we respect the Constitution. Trump did not. Democrats are not. Turley cites leading liberal scholar after liberal scholar saying some scary stuff, attacking the Constitution, suggesting the Constitution be eliminated or neutered. A professor on CBS saying the Second Amendment was basically the, quote, the right to enslave, end quote. Turley says a MSNBC commentator, Eli Mistel, had written in Above the Law that, quote, that white, non-college educated voters support Republicans because they care about, quote, using their guns on black people and getting away with it, end quote. Can we reject that as crazy? Come on, liberals, step up. You want me to reject crazy stuff from the right? Start telling the crazy left to put their mouse back in its house. Google that friends reference if you don't know what it means. Specifically on the Constitution, and I think I'm getting this right, Turley suggests that two folks named Dorfler and Moyne feel, quote, the problem, they suggest, is that many liberals still believe in constitutionalism as opposed to raw majority power, end quote. It is good that many liberals believe in constitutional, but constitutionalism, but it scares me that leading intellectuals are pushing for raw majority power. One could argue it is Trumpian. Why do we have a constitution? James Madison was one of our founding fathers and main author of the Constitution, and per Mr. Turley, he wrote in Federalist 10, quote, Pure democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths, end quote. Quoting Mr. Turley, in, quote, Instead, he created a system by which public passions could be filtered or expressed through a smaller group of representatives to temper and refine popular impulse, end quote. In my words, we have a constitution to protect us from ourselves and to protect us from people like Trump, who when he was president was stopped from doing things by the constitution and the laws, and he stopped or by the, those on the left who want to ram through every crazy thing they can think of. But some now are arguing to dump the Constitution to get policies they like. It is one thing if it allows them to pass a bill. Quite another if it allows their group to achieve permanent control of the government. Now that might be close to fascism. As I reread this, I feel I likely went off the rails. There are no, enough normal people that it is unlikely to ever happen. But file it under crazy stuff that gets talked about at law schools. I have to listen to tell me third hand what the Proud Boys say. Come to think of it, have the Proud Boys, who I know very little about, said things any crazier than what passes as intellectual thought at most of our law schools? Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.